This is Moments with Foo with James Foo Torres, better known as Foo, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Moments with Foo is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Foo. Hello and welcome to Moments with Fu. I'm your host, James Fu Torres, but you can call me Fu, hence the name of the podcast. Today I have Aaron Chapman. He's a licensed mortgage originator that focuses on investors. And I'm going to let him tell you more about that. But first, Aaron, how are you? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Feeling very positive right now. Very busy, but good things are happening. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, and the the busyness is definitely always something we 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 enjoy, especially when you just got through the craziness of the market, things slowing down and coming back. And we love busy, but we love productive even more. Exactly. So it's not about just busy work that is not taking you anywhere. It's about doing, uh, you know, being busy, being productive, right? Hundred percent. There's a lot of people will take busy as just being a really good thing because they don't have a whole lot of time to do stupid things. But sometimes you just got to pause and wait and find the productive thing. Don't burn that energy just because you need to burn the energy. Sometimes just focusing it where it needs to be. Um, and sometimes you have to pause, pause and wait just a moment, but don't allow yourself to get preoccupied with something that's of zero value. A hundred percent agree. I mean, it's just a matter of of making sure that you're putting your energy and your time into the right things right and for that you got to have alignment you got to have clarity uh, and that's something that is it's one of my biggest priorities and obviously being able to to take care of your body too right it's not like the mental is obviously super important but then you have to take care of your body so you don't you know you can be a high performer right so oh, yeah, yeah. We, get, we can go deep into that one man it's like taking care of yourself taking care of your mind where you focus at do you get caught up with weapons of mass distraction does this take you to scroll all day long uh, we, we got you know we got major problem with where people go to certain websites that will suck you in for hours and that kind of stuff i mean we can go for days on that topic alone i love i love how you say a weapon of mass distraction i'm actually gonna put this on my notes weapon of mass distraction because this is such a good term i'm definitely gonna steal this from you uh, well, no free. That's, I stole it from somewhere else. I think there was actually, it was in, I think there was a movie titled by that way back in like the early nineties or something to that effect. But you know, we are living in that time of weapons of mass distraction. When you think back when they had that movie released talking about that, and now we're in a world where you can literally fill every second with things of zero value. I, I happened to stumble into a situation where this, you know, I'll just throw it out here. You can cut it out if you want, but you know, the, the website Pornhub, they, they publish, their statistics every year and when you start to discover that they have six to seven billion hours per year logged on their website that people actually log in uh you start to realize that we as a species are going backwards in evolution we're losing productivity to the tune of five thousand centuries of time every single year for the, the human race as a whole for one website and that's not your facebook's your instagrams your your people putting out things of zero value and just just entertaining um, to productivity has dropped significantly. So my goal for a lot of people is figure out how do you start your day and how do you stay as productive as possible? And I think it was said, the study was done with productive CEOs. They're productive for maybe only 90 minutes or 120 minutes a day. That's it. The rest is distraction. So how do you expand that? How do you become a type of person who expands on that? That that's going to take a lot, a lot of, a lot of personal focus to get there. And I've been working on that for years. And I still get distracted as all hell. 
But my calendar, I will say my calendar is the greatest tool. It keeps me going every single day. When I look Thanks. at that, I got to get this. I got to get this. I got to get this. And if I got a gap in there, I'm going to fit a couple of these other things in there and I'll keep going. My productivity is, you know, four or five hours a day sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we we align uh, on that too. Like I, I'm putting things in my calendar and having my assistant making sure that I like I'm putting things in my calendar. He's keeping me accountable, all these things. Say, hey, how that call went? Let me put that in the notes, all those things, right? To, so I can keep moving because I'm like, oh, I got this window of like, I don't have calls for 30 minutes. Let me like work. Let me check the emails. Let me check stuff. Let me move things for clients, right? Like while I'm then on other calls, right? So I, I can agree with you on that. And that, that, that this is a great start to this podcast, let's say. You hit something really important that a lot of people probably discount and probably listen past. You mentioned your assistant. My assistant, uh, Bree, is the one who set this whole thing up. She knows the parameters of what makes me pr productive and what doesn't make me productive. And she'll sort through those and she'll she'll pick the most productive items for me and put those in there or farm those out to other people on the team that can do just as good, if not better, in many cases. What we have done as humans is we know uh, we are our worst enemy in, in many cases, in the sense that we can negotiate with ourselves to determine what we can do, whether or not we should or should not do that. We can talk ourselves into laying in bed. We can talk ourselves into taking that call we should. We can talk ourselves to to getting involved in that one operate that one thing that we shouldn't even should ever do or waste our time or money on. And because we know what we'll accept as an excuse, or we know what things that we can negotiate ourselves into. But when you take somebody else and say, hey, here's what uh, here's what my day needs to look like. Let them do the sorting. It keeps me from negotiating with myself to do something that's of zero value or lower value when she can put me higher value opportunities in there. So you have the same thing. You have somebody who's charged with ensuring that you do not waste any time on something that's not going to be productive for you. And sometimes I'll call her up and say, I saw something come across. I'll peek into my email. Like, well, I can do that. She goes, I got somebody else to handle that. You, you do this. So um, sometimes we do definitely sabotage ourselves. And that's something I think people need to learn to do is charge others with your productivity and don't get in there and sabotage yourself. I completely agree. And for, for me, it's, uh, I, I got like OCD on certain things and, and I kept, I, I caught myself like, you know, multiple times in the past and I still like, I know it's going to happen. It's like, I'm doing this stupid thing just because I thought about it. And I just like have this, like, I need to finish this real quick and then I'll continue with this thing. And sometimes I'm like, why just because of like ocd that i need to finish this no like this is not bringing me anything like there's so much important things so and now the awareness is kind of like my point here right is making sure that you have uh awareness and you're checking on yourself because sometimes we we accidentally right that we just don't realize it so if you constantly like kind of ask yourself this is what i do i just ask myself like do i really need to do this like this is this bringing me value and i just make it automatically periodically so that way if I accidentally got distracted and I didn't even notice that I shouldn't be doing that, then I just ask myself. So that, that's what I what I what I do. And definitely, you know, being being sure, making sure that the the team is is trained enough to be able to identify the opportunities, right? And, and like, is is this a person that I should be taking a call with or not, or or should it prioritize it over this, right? So that's one big thing. It's like getting up my team to to be able to identify those things. That's kind of where I'm, where I'm going uh, through right now, training them and being able to at least get 80% to the standard that I, that I have. Right. So that's, that's my goal in here. So um, anyways, um, so I, um, the, the, one of the first questions that I like asking people is uh, about advice or actionable tips uh, for 
business leaders or investors, given that, you know, you're big into the investment side and most of business owners, especially high level, they're investors because they got to need to park their money somewhere, right? To, to, for tax advantages and so to get their money, making money. So what are some actionable tips or advice that you have for business leaders? Well, to, before I get into the advice and stuff, you had, we had mentioned as we started, you know, I've, I'm a licensed loan originator. I've been doing this since 1997. So as I speak to people, it comes from a perspective of a very, very long time, seeing cycles in the market, seeing where thousands of people, I do averaging about 1,200 transactions a year for the last few years. And so I get to see where thousands of people are making decisions in their business, where they're failing and where they're succeeding. So one of the actionable items that you're referencing here, I would say is for everybody, quit trying to time the market. There's no such thing as timing the market. Yeah, I look at that as like being a star football player on a championship team who wants to be on the highlight reel, but they want to have the most energy possible. So they sit on the sidelines, on the bench, and they watch intently what's going on so they can jump on just in time for that perfect play. doesn't happen. The only people who are on the highlight reel already have their ass on the field. So that's what I explained to everybody. You want to determine where your role is on the field and get on the field and stay on the field. Sometimes it's not going to be the perfect play. Sometimes it's going to be a losing play. And sometimes... It's going to be that long bomb that goes right into the end zone, right? Um, it's going to happen. You're going to be able to time that market, but it's because you're out there already. Um, and then you're understanding it better. There's this other saying I like to say is good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. Great way to learn on the grade school playground, not a good way to learn in real estate. You know, because of that, people come into things with not knowing what questions to ask, not knowing the real answer or the decisions to make when they're faced with, with things that they've never faced before. The benefit of having myself and other and picking the right people on your team is you can come to us and we can give you practical data where we've seen other people business succeed and fail. And you can make decisions with practical data, not speculation and theory. I never answer a question with a direct yes or no. I answer a question with a story. So you guys can see what other people have done. You can make a decision based upon experience as if you experienced it yourself. So that's the first thing. Don't try and time the market. Just get in the market. The other is understanding what your baselines are. What are you seeking to do? Everybody wants to be able to close their eyes, throw the ball in a championship game, get it to go right through the hoop, right there at the buzzer and win and be the guy on the uh, uh, that's talked about forever about the most amazing shot possible, right? Everybody wants that, but it doesn't work that way, right? You have to be, be uh, content with small passes or... Uh, if you're if you're a football guy, just a couple of couple of good runs to get you some, you know, a first down or, you know, bunting and getting on base. You got to be right with doing the little acts, those little tiny, tiny acts that are safe will get you to where you want to go. Sure, you're not going to get there overnight. But how many people get there overnight? It's the deep, hard swings that people end up putting themselves financially in, in financial devastation where one out of every several hundred million of those actually uh, accomplish something. Problem is we only hear about those. The news doesn't talk about the greatest passer in the NBA that just drops that, that drops hand uh, the, the ball to somebody else all the time but never gets a bucket. They don't talk about that dude. But you know that dude is getting it done all the time. That team is successful because that guy's getting it done. Same thing. You can do that kind of thing be very, very successful. Incremental growth. So if you understand where your baselines are with, with your business and you're out looking for that, you will find opportunities to make the big pass and get that big, big, that big, um, massive win, but it's not going to happen unless you're out there doing the little things. One of the other things that uh, people are really, really worried about right now 
has a lot to do with the interest rate market. They're thinking the interest rate market is now what's killing their ability to make uh, make the income they're looking for. Um, they're looking at the market right now as uh, interest rates going up. When they're going to go back down? Uh, there's a lot of people speculating we're going to see rates come back down over the next year or so. Let me just tell you guys a straight speculation. I have absolutely nothing but hope to go off of, and hope is not a business strategy. What I like to do is I like to go back and I have to look at everything's in great detail. The one thing that people like to say is we're going to get back to a normal market. And when they say that, they're meaning a normal market of 4% interest rates. That's not a normal market. If we go back to 1971 and we've traced the 30-year fix from 1971 to today, the average interest rate is 7.75% for people buying houses to live in. Now, we've had a window of time from the crash of 2008 till 2022 where the Federal Reserve took created capital. There is some people argue it is counterfeited capital, right? They created this out of thin air without any real monetary backing to show a reason to create this capital, but they created it from the uh, the, the U.S. Treasury, filtered it through the Fed. The Fed went ahead and invested into mortgage-backed securities, all this money laying there to borrow against, and then people borrow on that. Because there was so much money, the price was very, very low. So when, you're, when money is scarce, the price is very, very high. It's just like anything in economics. So I look at this inflation or deflation of the value of the dollar, either way you want to look at it, um, as something that we had for a short window. I don't see it coming back. So from 2009 up until 2022, the average interest rate was 4.03%. That was just during that window. Well, if they're not investing anymore, they're divesting from that. We're going back to what a normal market would have been, would have actually been from 1971 to 2009. That was when there was no Fed involvement. It's all the 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 markets creating what what was available for the people to borrow. That was an average interest rate of nine point one two percent for your average homeowner. So that means your average investor would have been somewhere in the range of uh, probably ten to eleven percent over the average of that period of time. For my career from nineteen ninety seven up until the pan until the crash of two thousand eight, the average investor is paying in the sevens, seven to eight percent. That's our normal market. So since that's our mar normal market, how do you approach the normal market and be successful as an investor? You approach it like a business. How often have we heard it through our entire life that if you're going to start a business, be prepared to have three to five years worth of reserves to live while your business gets off the ground and becomes, it starts to cash flow, correct? That's what we've always heard. No business has ever been started to be cash flowing the next day. Now we've seen that happen, but that's not ever been the basis. Real estate's no different. If you're looking for the cash flow, three to five years before you start to really see the cash flow. How does that happen? We live in an inflationary environment. You're raising rents. Rents will come up slowly over time. And then you, but what's really cool is you get a 30 year fix. You fix your rate of cost for 30 years. So as your rate of cost is flat, your, your revenue continues to compound year over year. The real cool thing here about that is, is because we live in an inflationary environment, we raise rents because the dollar is losing its buying power. Well, if the dollar is losing its buying power and the lender doesn't get to raise the payment on that loan because of inflation, they're actually receiving less money every month. If we average out inflation for the last very, very long time, they're going to see about a 0.666% decline in the value of that dollar month over month. So if you borrowed $100,000, you paid it back over 30 years, but $200,000, the value of that $200,000 is about $97,000. You're paying less than what you borrowed as you raise your rents and increase your income. Remember that and live in, you know, buy in places. If you're a single family uh, investor or a duplex, triplex, fourplex investor, buy in places you can keep reasonably rented. The entire time you own it, you can raise rents. You do that, 
you're successful. The other success comes from the appreciation of the property, the fact that the tenant's paying it off, the fact that you get to write it off on your taxes, those tax deductions get you to keep more money than yours. I think that's the biggest one, especially on immediate, right? Like in my opinion, because the cash flow is just something like, you know, you're building it, the equity and stuff like for the long game. But for now, like you want to get on real estate to your game right off as much as possible, right? And especially if you just cost for the segregation, right? You bring that, a lot of that value up front. And that's like, you know, you can save a lot of money in taxes while accumulating assets rather than just focus on that cash flow. I have a, one of my clients is a tax strategist. So like, you know, I've been <laughs> really learning a lot about that. <laughs> that is a massive, massive piece of it that people discount significantly because they don't see it. It's not a tangible thing that comes into their, into their bank account every month. Everybody sees what comes their bank account they don't see what they get what they don't pay right so if you run that side by side what you would have put out in the form of taxes versus what you don't have to put out now that changes significantly your income can go up 10 12 percent per year especially yeah, if you're a high income number out of my ass right you know just go i just pulled that number out of my head but i've seen that quite often so that alone is worth significant when you think about that 10 to 12 percent the other thing is uh as we're talking about the amortization of the loan you've got a, a tenant paying off the mortgage, right? if you bought a house for a hundred thousand, you invested $20,000 on your down payment plus closing costs of say six grants, you're 26,000 in on this investment, you financed 80 grand, your tenants paying off the $80,000 over 30 years, they're going to pay an average of $2,666 per year. You divide that into your investment of 26,000. That's a 10.25% increase in your, in your investment every single year. You're already making 10.25% just by somebody else paying off the note. Then you're increasing your income by whatever percentage because you get the taxes and you're not paying that to taxes, right? You get the tax deductions. You're not paying that into the government. You're just going to throw it away at nothing. And then you also get the appreciation. And then you also get to eventually get that compounding cash flow. So everywhere you look, investing in real estate is beneficial. It's just you have to know who you're working with more than anybody and then you have to know what the what the realities are of the, of the industry. What we're dealing with right now is a lot of people trying to convince others that if you want that cash, we got to get an arm or a short-term loan. No, don't do that. We don't know where the market's going. Do you know who Charlie Munger is? I, I think someone talked to me about him. I don't know if it was you in the last call, but yeah. It's good to be me in the last call. Uh, you know who Warren Buffett is, right? Yeah. Your okay, so Charlie Munger is his, is his business partner. So Warren Buffett oh, says- yeah. I'll quote both of these guys real quick here. Warren Buffett says that the 30-year fix is the greatest financial instrument in history because it's a one-way bet. If you're wrong and the rates go down, you just refinance. Big deal. But if you're right and the rates go up, you protect yourself significantly against, against erosion of your income and your family's wealth. If, now, Charlie Munger talks about how interest rates have gone down for the last 40 years. We just talked about 1971 up until 2009. We've and actually up until 2022, they've done nothing but decline. There is a belief from these guys, and these guys are the smartest some bitches out there called oracles, right? They are talking about interest rates going up for the next 40 years. If that is the case, and right now our interest rates were lower than the average you and I just talked about, because I have the data sit in front of me right on my screen, we're at the best interest rates that we will have for a very, very long time. Wow. Like I I I gotta say, uh, and I'm trying to like uh brag but just like uh, i took action when people were told me like prices were so high in the houses like what are you like what if they go down or blah 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 and i took an interest of when i bought my house 2.2 uh, 2.75 
that's what I got for interest. And I was like, look, I don't care if the the house is like, you know, it's 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 high, like it's interest, it's amazing. Uh, and and then I refi then to like two point two five. So like that's my rate right now, and I'm like, damn, like I cannot let go because it's a 30, 30 years fix, two point two five. I have a gold mine here, right? And I in three bedroom, two bath, like it's I'm I'm doing house hacking now too. Um, I rent it out like short terms, like for for people in like one of my rooms. So uh, sometimes people that I know, Puerto Ricans, friends, and stuff. So that's that's something that I like. Uh, I've been taking advantage of that, and people were doesn't matter how good the market is, the bad and stuff, like people are always going to have a bad, like, oh, prices are too high, even though interests are low or interests are too high, even though the prices are low or, or like, like, there's always a, an argument to, 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 to say that it's a bad time. There's also always an argument to say that it's a good time. So it's a matter of the deal, in my opinion, right? Like if your numbers, does your numbers make sense? Are you taking educated decisions that you're surrounding yourself with the right people? Like to make sure that you're just not gambling. You're literally taking a one-way bet, like you said, right? Just like you're putting it here, especially, I mean, like the the, the devaluation of the dollar, right? And now with the things that just happened uh, with uh, like uh, China, Russia, like the international trades moving away from the dollar and using like Chinese yen and all that, that's going to have an impact too. I mean, we're losing it's, it's power. Gonna create, economy, it's so. going to create a war. Is what's going to happen because the only thing that's kept the and this is just my anticipation from, you know, from what everything that we've seen the only way it's kept the only way the way that we have kept the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency is by having military all over the planet by being the strongest of all. But what we've been doing with this current administration is weakening our position when it comes to that, and then on top of that, you know, really really messing with the value of our of our dollars. And now you've got countries now saying, guess what? We're going to walk away from you. How are we going to combat that? We're also trying to not bring on any oil. We're trying to mess with that. We got, it, it's, I don't know what's coming. I have no idea how it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to be, but what I can tell you, if you lock in anything, you lock it for 30 and you secure that and you keep it that way. I've been doing this way too damn long to tell anybody anything else. And anybody tells you different, you walk away from that some bitch as fast as you can because they have no idea what they're talking about. Most of the people in my space right now have been in it a very short time. And if they're trying to tell you they have a ton of experience, there's a, there's guys out there right now trying to compete in my world saying, hey, we got 20 years experience. When in reality, they don't. They have one to two and their processors been doing it for 20 years. Processors are very important, very, very good people. I've got quite a few on my team that are very good at what they do, but they don't look at the markets. All they do is they analyze the paperwork. They analyze the data with respect to that borrower not what's going on in the market they're just pushing pushing files forward and making sure that we have accurate clean files for for closing they don't look at all this other stuff they don't have the experience that we have on the front end working with investors so if you're worried about whether or not the person you're talking to knows what the hell they're doing look them up you can go go to a nationwide mortgage a nationwide mortgage lending service and or licensing system nationwide mortgage licensing system nmls go under consumer access look up that person's name and see how long they we do it. There's a lot of people that are trying to take advantage of you just to put bread on their table. And I get it. It makes sense. We're all trying to eat, but not at your expense. Don't allow that to ha happen to you. Protect yourself. We are um, the apex predator, in my opinion. Well, not in my opinion. It's a fact. We fall We fall prey to no other species except other humans. And these some bitches are preying on you. Yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately... Uh, I, I, I've been preyed on a couple of times, you know, growing as a, I haven't been in a business for not even three years. So, uh, and I move fast. So I'm a fast action taker. I invest a lot. 
I, I, I go big or go home type stuff, right? So I also have been learning big lessons because of it, right? Uh, and that's why it's so important for me. I, I've, I've put on like kind of like filters now to do business certain ways and relationships certain ways to make sure that I don't get myself in situations because it's, 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 you know, life is hard as it is and everybody's trying to like survive. And then some people go into either lying or, or doing certain things to, to just, you know, they're just trying to get that money, you know, and they will say whatever they need to say to convince you. And, and, and that is something that, you know, how do, I don't know how those people go to sleep at night. Cause I don't, I, I can like, even when the smallest things, I'm integrity first for me, that's just a big thing for me. Uh, but, but yeah, just, just, you know, it's, it's, it's ugly out there. It's a, it's a jungle, concrete jungle, like people call it, right. It's, it's a matter of like, you gotta, you gotta surround yourself with the right people. You gotta be prepared mentally, physically to, to really deal with what's out there. And if you want to get into real estate, like, you know, do your due diligence and look for people that can really help because real estate is such a good thing that everybody wants to do it, right? Regardless of what you do and you should do it to be honest, you should, I mean, it's a safe, one of the safest investments that you can do. You know, saving money is making money. You know, that's something that I tell everybody and I tell myself all the time. It's like, if I save uh, $30,000, I made $30,000, right? Like money that I didn't have to send to the government, money that I didn't spend on something, that I didn't lose on something. It's money that I made, right? I kept it on my pocket. I kept it as a resource. So that's that's a, that's a big thing that I tell people all the time here in this podcast is just to protect yourself and and learn from the mistakes. I, I tell a lot about my mistakes and the mistakes of other people that have come here as my guest. Uh, that that look, it's it's ugly. Protect yourself. Hang out with the right people. And and on that note, right, that I we were talking about this on on our previous call and a little bit of air. That I I love that you're very big into ensuring that everyone wins in the real estate deal. So can you tell us a little bit about how do you go about about that to ensure that everybody wins on a deal? Well, for one, it's picking the people you work with, right? Making sure you're getting good, solid professionals that are in there for their for for you to win, right? So, if if you want to make sure that everybody else wins, you got to be sure you're working with people that have the main the same thought process, because somebody ends up being taken advantage of. But that's not the case. Yeah, there's always the so, sucker on the deal, right? And and exactly. that's not yeah. you know should you know this that's something that you know that I, we got to be aware of. So that's why I, I ask you this question. Yeah, a lot of times you know I think it was the movie Rounders we talked about. It's like if you can't spot the sucker. In five minutes, you are the sucker. <laughs> That's because in that movie, they're talking about the poker table, right? Well, because you're what you're sitting down in a place that's designed to 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 exploit the sucker. But if you're in an environment where you're working with people, they're not trying to exploit the sucker; they're actually trying to build a person up to give them knowledge about things. And you have that type of a team, then you don't have to worry who the sucker is in the deal. So I don't disagree with people selling properties for full market value. That's they should be able to receive the value of what they of the, the asset that they're selling to you. I don't disagree with a property manager charging you know eight to ten percent of whatever the rents are to be able to do their job, provided they do their job right. They have to do the job, and um, I don't mind a lender in our space who gives a reasonable interest rate, charge reasonable fees to have all the processing complete because it is a major pain in the ass to do these deals. These deals are not easy. I have to pay a massive staff. I have to have massive overhead. We're always under scrutiny. I have to deal with compliance. I have to deal with legal to make sure that we can be sure that you get this extremely cheap money for 30 years and not have it blow up in your face, right? So you get all the right people in there. And the way that you ensure that, um, you know, that I believe the people in the purchasing space, the investor space benefit from that is the one to recognize 
that everybody has to participate. Everybody has to do well in this. Everybody has to, to get their due. It's when you start trying to cut somebody somewhere else, they're going to end up cutting you, right? When you're always searching for that. The other thing that I find is also a good, good uh, way to go about business, kind of like what we're talking about with, um, with trying to time the market is don't think you can do it all. Too often people come in to say, hey, if I go out there and I hunt down the property on my own, I'll make X more money, right? But let's think about this. You're, let's just say you're a software engineer and now you're going to go pick up a hammer and you're going to learn how to do drywall and put in carpet. That's not how you made your money. You stick with what got you there, which is being a software engineer. Other people got there by running hammers, right? By learning how to use a screw gun. By being able to do texture and tape on the wall, by being able to do carpet, be able to do plumbing, that's their forte. Pay them well to do their forte, do what they do, but make sure they do it right. So then you have to hire an inspector. That's his forte, to inspect it, to ensure it's all done correctly. If it's not done correctly, you go back to the other guy who said he will do it correctly and make them do it correctly. As long as everybody does exactly what they're paid to do, you win. It's when somebody does not that you end up possibly becoming the sucker. So don't allow yourself to be the sucker. The thing that's beautiful about real estate is you can make a mistake in your first few years and you can feel it. But over the period of time, if you have held everybody accountable, even if you overpaid for one of those services, over time, you will make up for it. You will be perfectly fine, but you never allow the work to get shortchanged. That's where you have to stay on top of it. I've had a lot of people will buy, go into, go into, um, a contract on a property, get an appraisal, get a, a uh, inspection. And both those reports tells them definitely do not buy this property. But what do they do? They buy it anyway because they spend $1,000 on appraisal. They spent three or $400 on inspection. Well, I'm already $1,500 in. I might as well just move forward. No, you paid for that to not get in it. That's why you bought it. So walk away from the $1,500 and move on to the next one. That's the, that is your safe. That's what keeps you safe. It's like... It's basically like somebody buying body armor and you know, you've got body armor to protect yourself. You go into a place and you take a bunch of fire and you just got blown up on your body armor. It's like you spent a bunch of money on, on this body armor. You don't just go and take it off now and go in there and get yourself killed, right? You, you're like, oh, I this one thing that protected me, this just told me I get the hell away from this. Same thing with the other. Just keep it on, get away, move on, move forward. That that money is expensed for a reason. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's that, that, that's why you did it in the first place right don't lose sight of, of that like it's just uh, uh being being smart uh with your money and and being willing to like look i spend this so i didn't lose 10x that maybe you know maybe like who who knows oh, right it so it's a lot more in the long haul if you purchase something you should have been purchasing and then again if you've got good people that you trust that continue to earn that trust that they keep earning the trust every deal they continue to earn it and they continue to do right, then don't bust their balls about what they make on it. As long as it's fair, it's fair. This whole thing that, oh, man, I need to get you. There's a lot of people that I know that use strategies that they'll push it right up to the very end of closing. All these people did their work, and then they'll want to know, well, you need to cut this or this or this, or I'm going to walk away. That's a jerk-off strategy, and that's a person who who wants something. Eventually, the piper is going to come calling on that action, and you're and it's due, and, you're, and you are – You've earned that ass whooping that's coming at you. Yeah, I agree, and and, and this is something that uh, got me thinking about uh, things that I I I, I talked with David A. Press, which is like my tax study client that I was uh, mentioning earlier. He is big into look just 
surround yourself with experts and do do the thing that you can do the best like have an active income so don't be like oh i'm just gonna try to 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 do everything to save here because I want to be property manager. I want to be the say I want to eliminate the the real there too and like those fees I can do it myself. I write this contracts. I write everything. Right. You start doing all these things and then you start like just spreading yourself too thin rather than just do one to three things that you know that you can do really well and that could be a, a something completely unrelated to real estate where you have a good active income that then you invest or it could be a, a surrounded by at creating active income with real estate, but don't try to do everything, right? Just don't, just make sure that you can do like, you know, people, this is something Jason Miller, CEO strategic advisor board and owner of actually this, this podcast that he told me and he tells people all the time that people really have like, like up to like three really like superpowers, right? So don't, don't like, and it's okay to learn about different things. So you have an idea when you're coming into deals, when you're having conversations, but stick to those, those superpowers. Like really good at it. That, right. Like just, you have a natural ability or a background or whatever, stick to that, make money that way, add value to the right people, surround yourself with people that compliment you. And that's it. You don't have to do everything. And I know that it's hard. It's like, oh, not, nobody can do it as good as me or blah, 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 right? Like that's a common thing, but you need to learn how to let go because even if your team can do 80% of, of, of the outcome that you can do, that that's that's good. So you can liberate yourself to do high level tasks and other things and, you know, create more income so then you can invest more in real estate and do all these things, right? Like that, that's that's my advice, you know, given on, on, on the things that you said. So um, well, I agree with that. You maintain your superpowers and enhance your superpowers, but surround other people that have superpowers that complement yours. Don't go learn no ones. Just give just give people that have other great superpowers that makes you guys all one big powerful team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Thank, thanks. You know, thanks for for sharing the, all the things that you shared. I mean, you uh, went really deep into into the 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 why, right? Like in in the analysis. So it's not just. I love how you know we're not just saying like. This is my advice and that's it, period. It was more like, look, there's data, there's experience, there's thing like this is it. This is not me just saying like, and, and you were like, look, I don't know the future, but I just, I know how to study data. I know how to study history. I know how to study like kind of strategize. I'm an expert on being in this industry for long enough. And, you know, you pay attention to things you put two and two together and, and you're like, Oh, that that's why you 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 said like the things that you said so i really really like that i think there's a lot of value in this podcast so thank you for for doing this and i know there's gonna be people that are gonna be wanting to connect with you so how can people find you well they definitely go to my go to my website aaronchapman.com but to, to the one point you're just making there um yes we don't know the future guys anybody who tries to claim to know the future they're going off of hope and hope is not a business strategy We've said that already. I think I need to keep relating. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note out of that. Hope is not a business strategy. I think I'm gonna put not, that in my face. We can live today. hopeful. There's nothing wrong with living hopeful, but you don't want to set everything on straight hope because if it doesn't work out, what happens? Right. So you go with what you know. What we do know is where things could go. We're preparing for that, but we prepare for it. But we hope it gets better. And worst case scenario, if it get, if it gets better and I'm wrong, we're still good. But if we go with the hope strategy and I'm right, you're completely screwed. That's the difference. Going my route and it's and it gets better, we're still good. Going the other person's route and it goes the way I'm hope I, I hope it does it, but I show it could. Then you're completely screwed. You completely yeah. wiped yourself out. You're, you're, you're hitting me path. because um, unfortunately, I mean, I learned my lesson. 
but I, I, I have done that. Like I have been like, oh, I'm hoping that this works because there's no way that this person with this reputation is gonna risk or whatever. And and I didn't trust my intuition and 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 my doing deeper due diligence and stuff. I just kind of went with hope, and it cost me a lot of money. So by experience, I can tell you. Do not go where hope, and that's why I'm gonna definitely uh, be tweeting and, and and putting this on Facebook. Hope is not a business strategy. And you and quote me on that one. That's an Aaron Chapman. I statement. will definitely, I will definitely make sure that I get. I'll tag you. Uh, you have Facebook, I'm guessing, right? Yes, I have Facebook uh, and Instagram. Yep. And you guys so check I'll, me out there. You. I'm definitely on Facebook. Go to Instagram. Uh, on my uh, Instagram handle S G O C uh, underscore Aaron. You can if you can't find me, just Google Aaron Chapman. There's only one bald bearded redneck lender out there. I love it. I love it. And I'll make sure like as long as uh, you're, you're hopefully your assistant already gave all the information to my assistant. Right. Like because in the form that I that I sent, I, I'm pretty yep. sure like I saw it come in uh, and make sure that like, hopefully all those links are there. Right. If not, then I'll, I'll get my assistant to like kind of ask. But because yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put them I'm going to put them all in, in the description, you know, to make sure that, that people can connect with you. And I need to connect with you, to be honest. I, I don't know where I haven't connected with you yet, but we'll make sure that I connect. So thank you. Thank you for doing this. I'm definitely going to uh going to tag you on that and, and, and you know, push this when it when it comes out. So thank you. Thank you again for taking this time. Uh, and uh, I hope that we can we can do more stuff together. <laughs> oh, I look forward to it. I appreciate you allowing me the time to bend your ear and, the, and those of your listeners. So you guys take care. Yeah. Uh, so this was Aaron Chapman and Fu. And this is Oz signing off. Thanks for listening to Moments with Fu with your host, Fu. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.